Jamie and Travis, Jamie and Travis, Jamie and Travis present. I guess I picture the table to be round and made out of wood. Oh. We should uh, get one of those. All right. But this chair, to, this chair is way more comfortable than we I expected. We call that the captain's chair. <laughs> so, good for you. Oh, uh, I guess we'll go to Home Resource and get some wood. Um, yeah, totally. Uh, hey, uh, we were talking about synths a second ago. Yeah. Synthesizers. Synthesizers. Because this is Ben Weiss, who, weirdly in my mind, you're like synth guy. <laughs> okay. In the best way. All right. Which is awesome, because Modality is one of my favorite bands in Missoula, for sure. And, uh, and you play synth. Keys. Yeah. What would you say you play in that band? I guess synthesizer. I, keys implies like some piano dexterity playing. and piano ability, <laughs> which uh, I I don't have. Really? You can't play piano? I mean, I know what the notes are, and I can play some chords and things, but, but I'm not like playing Rachmaninoff pieces. I'm not even playing uh, Oh You Pretty Things like Tom does. You yeah. Know? It's, uh, uh, oh You Pretty Things is a song by David Bowie, and you were referencing Tom Helgerson. Yeah, wow, that's... The piano player. I just the like audience needs them. that much? Uh, uh they're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> super. No. Super dumb audience. No. Just a couple of them. Just hey, no, I'm a, I'm a weekly listener. I don't know how I should take that. That's amazing this, that you are. This interview's What's over. your favorite episode? What's your favorite joke Jamie made? <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't know. Shut up, shut up. Uh, uh, but we're here with Ben Weiss. Ben, what do you... I don't. I know that you work for. Where do you? Who do you where do you work? I work for the city. Work for the city. Mm-hmm. But you're specifically in the sort of pedestrian bike. Yeah, my issue. title is the bicycle pedestrian program manager. Awesome. Do you want to talk about that stuff today? I mean, I can. No, yeah. please. Actually, I'm, I'm actually I'm, interested. I'm, yeah. Well, so one of the reasons I've been interested to come on is that nearly every episode. Do we call them episodes? Is that what this a podcast is? An episode. Is? Yes. An episode? Yes. Nearly every episode. We're still in season one right now. Especially the ones where you're talking to business owners and small business owners around town. You start talking about urban planning issues. You yeah. start talking about neighborhood commercial. Totally. You start talking about the importance of walkability. Yeah. And um, the things that you would like to see the city, yeah. uh, you know, as the city builds and develops, you, that you'd like to see, and how you'd like to see it go. And so um, I just wanted to come on and be like, you guys are talking about this, you know, <laughs> my nerdy field. I want, I want to get in there. It's good. Um, yeah, we well, we both have degrees in urban planning. Um, yeah. and as you can tell by the way we talk about it, well, more grocery stores within walking distance. That's all. I think that's what it boils down to it for us. Uh, so is the is the what's the sort of gist of your job right now? What are you guys like this time of year? Or? Yeah, or like I mean, this moment in Missoula history, I guess more is what I'm thinking. It's pretty exciting. We're getting ready to adopt our first ever bicycle facilities master plan. So we actually we have great bike trails and stuff around town. Totally. Right? Would you agree? Yes, I would. Um, it's not the best in the world. Do you want to talk about the bad places to ride a bike? We can get to that <laughs> okay, in a bit. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> So we have uh, we have great bike trails. We have uh, bike lanes, which are maybe not the best treatment, but they're pretty good and better than ninety nine percent of the places around the country. Totally. Yeah. And we've never had a cohesive plan to actually get that. It's all been opportunistic. So when Jeez. development happens, we 
asked the developer, hey, can you build a bike lane next to the sidewalk? And when um, the Missoula Redevelopment Agency does a project in one of their urban renewal districts, they understand the value of trails, and so they've right. built a lot of them. But And our parks department is great and yeah. you know really understands the importance. But we've never said, okay, this is what we want our bike network to look like throughout town. We want everyone who lives in the flats to be within an eighth or a quarter mile of a first-class bike facility. Right. And so we have this plan now that lays that out and shows how we can get there for presumably not much money in the grand scheme of things. That makes sense. Like you saying, it's always had to be opportunistic in the past because the one thing I would say about the bike, like we do have areas where the bike lanes are awesome, uh, but then you get like, you're like on a deserted island all of a sudden and you're somewhere where all of a sudden there are no bike lanes (laughs) and it's like Orange Street is terrifying sometimes. Or like Higgins, the bike lanes are so rad. And then you cross the bridge on the hip strip, and what? And it's a butt puckering scenario mm-hmm. on a bike. Uh, so that makes sense to me. So this would like have a more cohesive across the board. You get from one end of Missoula to the other. Exactly. Yeah. That's cool. And we, the lens that we looked at the city through is all level of stress. So um, what does that mean? Meaning that these routes, uh, there's. We divided every road into a level of stress one through four. One being okay for everyone. Oh, You're speaking my language. Uh, <laughs> this is how I decide how to like drive places too. <laughs> uh, with one being okay for like a grandparent and a grandchild to go get ice cream together, yeah. and four being like Jason flipping off truckers <laughs> I as. Love uh, it. I was gonna say Jason too. <laughs> okay. That's great. Oh man. So so where are the where is a one? Where is a one right now? Most of our neighborhood streets are ones. All yeah. of our trails yeah. are ones. And um, in the plan, it's really cool because you can see, and there are these isolated pockets of level of traffic stress one. And so the plan then connects all of those. And so one way to do that is not, I mean, it would be great to have bike lanes on Orange between 1st and 6th Street. Right. You know? yes. Yeah. But um, the reality of that happening involves like a reconstruction of that street. Whereas we could potentially connect people up hickory a block to the west right and up chestnut a block to the east and really publish that in our maps and have good crossings yeah similarly you know fifth and sixth street fifth has a bike lane sixth has shadows on it those bikes with the two chevrons and those aren't great for going east west but they have a signal so you can get across orange but what if there was at fourth street you could push a button and there was a center median so you could actually wait there and oh, then that's get cool. across, you know, that oh, sort of okay. thing. So, so put a light at 4th Street? It wouldn't be a full signal. It would be just like a rapid flashy oh, for shit. drivers. They have to stop. You cross. They get to go right as soon as you're out of the way. Where in the world are they doing this the best? Like in the world? Yeah. It's or like a toss-up between Amsterdam and uh, Copenhagen. Copenhagen, yeah. Because they're like getting rid of cars there. Right, like downtown. There's a lot of cities that are getting rid. Madrid is getting rid of cars. So Barcelona awesome. is getting rid of cars. God damn it! Paris is getting rid of cars. Do you think Montana's London close is to thinking that? about it? <laughs> yeah. No, I I don't want to get rid of them. I just um, I want them to not be a necessary prosthetic attachment to our bodies. Yeah. I love them to just be like a helpful tool to enhance our freedom. Yeah, it's also really cheap. Then if you treat a car like that, like oh, I have to go to the Bitterroot. I'm going to get my car today, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, rather than driving every, like I drive to fresh, I drive to the grocery store. Oh, it's I, a block and it's a block away. I forced Two blocks. Yeah, you, you drive to fresh market sometimes. Ooh, man. Yeah. 
Sometimes. This is this podcast is all about being vulnerable. I'm not trying to and be judgy. I'm just like trying to understand habits. You no, know? no, you, you should, should. You should judge that. Yeah, but okay. the well, problem ridiculous. is because what's that fucking roundabout? How am I supposed to negotiate that on a bike? <laughs> <laughs> nice wink, wink, nut. It's pretty easy. I know it's super easy. You guys nailed it. I was, I man, that episode. I was like, oh yes, here it is. I'm gonna. <laughs> sorry, sorry that we talked about roundabouts for 15 minutes and then talked about Trump for 45. And then no, the named... whole episode was only half an hour. So uh, yeah, so yeah, that's true. Uh, uh, but you guys nailed it. You got everything. Like you read the definition and how they work, and then you're like, hey, figure this out. Look left, go right. Wow. Look yeah. left, go right. It's what I'm yelling out of the window. When I'm in the middle of the roundabout most of the time. Man, I saw a police officer mess this one up uh, really? two days ago, though. <laughs> I see him letting people in. Yeah, that was what happened. I see, like, he they stop, they wave someone in, the whole thing's fucked. Uh, <sighs> do you guys, have you guys noticed that since the cell phone thing with driving, that now it, it seems to have given permission to police officers to be on their cell phone all the time? Because I swear to God, two out of every five cops I see driving uh. around. Totally think, is on a cell phone. I don't think this is the fight I want to start. Really? Today. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone have a counter? It's a fact. Anyway, regardless. Uh, uh, One of the things we do at our job is we, uh, two times a year in May and September, we count, we stand on intersections. Uh, we get volunteers and we stand on intersections and we count the people biking and walking at like a rush hour on a Tuesday afternoon and on a Saturday from noon to two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so I stand, I usually take like some gnarly corners, like uh, near Trempers and stuff like that. You yeah. Know, like places awesome. where, you, where you don't see people bike and walk, but you have a million cars that drive yeah. by. Um, I'd say it's like one in 10. Cops on cell phones. No, just people on cell phones. Oh, yeah. At least. At yeah. least. Oh, it's, I, I bet it's more even like in reality. Probably. It does not stop. What I like is you, when you're behind someone on a cell phone and they clearly are being discreet, like you can see them going like this, it's like they think that you can't, that they're driving all right because they keep looking. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're, high, like they're tricking you into not being on a cell phone. When you were behind them looking through their car, probably has tinted fucking windows and you can tell they're on their cell phone. Yeah, I like the ones at night when you, like the glow of the screen <laughs> yeah, is lighting up their face. Yeah, down and yeah. 50 miles an hour. Yeah. Uh, awesome. On the interstate, I see people doing it all the time. And it's I'm a, safe on the interstate. I'm a slow driver, so they're constantly passing me. And if I catch that they're doing it, I give them just a little like six-inch nudge <laughs> into their lane. And then all of a sudden, you see, most of the time, you see the cell phone like leave their hand <laughs> midair to the passenger seat. <laughs> ah! So I, I, I don't like it at all. I don't like it. There's no reason. Um, all right, back to the bike lanes. Uh, so Amsterdam, Copenhagen, places like that are doing it awesome. Yeah, they set up like uh, protected lanes or you know separate cycle space. Yeah. Uh, for in the seventies, they decided that that was going to be uh, necessary to maintain a downtown that was, or not even a downtown, just a city. Yeah. That was uh, safe and comfortable for all of its residents. Oh, imagine if downtown. I know this is ridiculous, but if it was pedestrian only downtown Missoula. God, it would be so Even fun. on Saturdays. Let's yeah. just do Saturdays. Yeah, it would be so fun. There's a, the downtown in Helena has that situation where it's oh, a walking last mall. Chance. Yeah. And when I lived there, there were businesses there. But then at some point, something happened where developers bought up stuff and made offices. Yep. So now the walking mall is, is a ghost town, which sucks. Because I wonder, I wonder what that would affect down there if it's the same idea. 
There's other geographical constraints yeah. in Helena, though, where you're like you're really up in the canyon when you. By the time you you're get up to walking mall, yeah. if the true. area, if like the next five blocks that isn't walking mall was also walking mall, I bet the whole thing would be awesome. Probably, yeah. They, there's all sorts of shit because like, you get those wine bars and the yeah. Thai restaurant and all that other stuff. They're at toys. One, toys time. At best. one point, like it's and you can see where the, even the city knows nobody's using it. Because there used to be a fake Last Chance Gulch Creek that ran through. That was like a fountain each block. And that water hasn't run in like five years. That's so cool. And, I know. It's all this really that great sounds shit. fun. And all of a sudden, all the grooming went way down. We're going to get rid of all the bushes. We're going to get rid of some of the grass. Yeah. And I like heard the Rialto burned recently, too. Is that true? Was it on, I oh, heard it was on fire. I heard that it may have caught on fire, but they were probably open the next day. Oh, okay. that's they didn't, like they the, didn't really change anything, right? <laughs> is the real, that's like the club in Helena, right? That's so bad. That's yeah. like where you go. Is it kind of like Faruqi's? Sure, uh, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. They have dance in the back. They have a they have a, a DJ thing like four nights a week. I think yeah, and they play like like club music. Sure, I think that's true. I think even more like Charlie's that you're like you're gonna get talked to by someone that you don't consider. Like you wouldn't have considered having a level. conversation with yeah. uh, so when that's, you that's before the you walked in. That's so the front part. <laughs> <laughs> you find yourself in a conversation with someone you didn't think you would be in a conversation with. <laughs> um, yeah, I've never been to the Rialto. Let's talk about Helena bars. There are none of them. Oh well, there used to be. Uh, there city, used to be a bunch of great bars. The city planning in Helena is insane. It's pretty bad. It's insane. Some of those yeah. intersections, holy fuck. Oh, that's one that, yeah, they just don't think about it at all. It's insane. They're just yeah. like, let's just let people spread out in the valley. Yeah, and have and these eight roads intersect right here. Mm-hmm. And just, the valley's horrible. At least here, we're starting to realize that we will never recoup the tax money. I, listeners are like instantly just turned off and found something else <laughs> to listen to. But, uh, <laughs> Our listeners don't pay taxes. But um, that like, our development patterns we have we will never have we will never make the taxes to pay for the upkeep on all the roads that we have right that's clear and so yeah holy shit and so uh we need to either change the way that we use our public space or reconsider how we assess uh taxes and development fees and no one wants to go there and raise people's rates yeah so um, how supportive i imagine most cities whether or not they're super bike friendly or lots of cities, whether or not they're super bike friendly, have your position, and depending on how seriously they take it, you know. Yeah, how, we're actually one of, we're one of the first cities in the country to have this position. Really? Yeah. No shit. Uh, partly because adventure cycling started here uh, <coughs> in the seventies, and then with the gas crisis and the fact that we're a university town, and adventure cycling biking became a hot thing to do in Missoula, and people were getting killed doing it uh, because there was like a thirty-year, forty-year gap between when bikes were transportation and then um, the auto industry substantially did, you know, made their advances through the middle of the century and bikes really got relegated to either toys for kids or for rich adults to go mountain biking or road, really road biking as exercise. And, um, but in the seventies people in Missoula started riding for transportation, getting hit. And so there was a safety issue. And so uh, a few people, um, guy named Roger DeBrito and Dan Burden, who's like a national walking expert who lived here at the time, uh, wrote a grant to 
develop my position, and they got this guy named John Williams uh, to come out from D.C., and the position was originally in the police department, and this guy comes out with his ponytail and sunglasses indoors, 70s, awesome. and, like, arms folded, and, like, you know, no cop is going to tell me what's best for biking, and uh, the guy was an incredible designer. He did, like, all sorts of, uh, the early Missoula bike maps are, like, have so much information, like, how much vehicle traffic is on the road what direction the hill like if there's yeah. any hill slope to the street what direction it runs and you know more information than you could read on a map and he did it all just by riding around town and no shit and making notes yeah oh that's cool. and then he uh he had the job for like six or seven years i uh, went on to be like a nationally known figure in uh bike and pedestrian advocacy and continued to live on the north side for the rest of his life he actually just died last summer no way uh, of early onset oh, alzheimer's yeah yeah he's awesome he's he's really cool dude and so he established this position here and really set the model for how other cities have this job so like i i have a dream job it's yeah. really it's really a great thing and it's in a good place to do it cool so missoula they're behind it Totally. We're behind it, yeah. That's awesome. And we have a supportive mayor and city council and even um, like engineering people that I might, you know, we might have fundamental disagreements right. about uh, the ways to go about things. We have a great working relationship. and So that's so... Missoula's behind it. Montana. What about the comment section in the Missoulian? Yeah. So what? Would, well, let's talk about that piece. Of, what was that piece I, of legislation? Because there was lots of confusion, so I feel awesome. like, right? Like originally the legislation said that people wouldn't, wouldn't be able to bike anywhere anymore. Pretty much. <laughs> there was, yeah, there was, uh, there was this guy out of Laurel that said that oh. yeah, he wanted to ban anyone biking and walking, so any wheelchair, any you know anything, on any two-lane highway in the state without uh, shoulders. And so... Which has know, to be like 80% Patty Canyon, of the roads, right? Blue Mountain, Big Flat. Like, think of all the places that people just around here uh, bike like and walk. All yeah, all the time. Oh, Mullen. Yeah, everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. So, okay, and that seems ridiculous. Yep. But <laughs> and so Montana people people let him know that and he pulled it back immediately. Oh, and, he did. Oh yeah, he pulled it back and he's now submitting something where he wants to start like a a transportation safety advisory board at the state level, which is actually a pretty good thing cuz we don't have something like that. And yeah, as weird, long as though. they are you know, as long as they're not trying to limit use, but trying to Make protect vulnerable users, yeah. then I think that uh, it could be a very good thing. The safest way to ride a bike is to not ride a bike, though. Yeah. So, uh, which is uh, reminds me of our normal plug is to go like the page. Uh, why doesn't Jamie Rogers wear a bike helmet? Jamie, on? That's <laughs> Jamie, not Rogers, what it's Jamie Rogers needs to wear a bike helmet. So I, I disagree. Why do you think Jamie? Yeah, what? We're, it's a free country. This it's is a free interesting country. conversation. Why do you disagree? Because of the public shaming? That seemed kind of rude. <laughs> no, that was my favorite part about it. Yeah, I, internet I, shaming is. I kind of like internet shaming, yeah. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> two to one, two to one for internet shaming. But no, I just uh, bike helmets are one of those things that it's a personal choice, and um, the data does not support that they make you any safer. Fuck but they, you, Travis. What they what a helmet does do is protect your head in the event of some types of crashes. Right. Yeah, but fuck you, Jamie. You are much more likely to get a traumatic brain injury in a car than you are on a bike, and no one suggests that you wear a helmet while driving down the street. Um, well, yes, and I... And I'm going to start one that says Travis needs to wear a car helmet. My, my, I, I do normally. Uh, I do love the irony of that that statement like that's 
that that study produces the irony that it's still safer to be on a bike. Than yeah, in a car. pretty much. So all around, all, all across the in board. Missoula, there's any guess at how many crashes, how many car crashes there are a year in the city? Uh, One million. I, oh man, I want to make is a it, good guess. Is I this think, closest I think without there going are, over, or is this more uh, private? I think there are uh, six hundred and fifty. You have a guess? Six hundred fifty-one. The answer is more like three thousand. Holy oh, shit! Yeah, it's nearly ten a day. Uh, car crashes. Car crashes in this town. Yeah. <laughs> and that includes that includes just your basic uh, fender bender little. Yeah, they little, most little most bump of them. and tussle. <laughs> yeah. Bump and tussle. Uh, you know, a little bump and tussle in a parking lot too. Obviously, a head-on ridiculous thing. Okay. Yeah. So, wow. of those, 65 involve bicycles. Really? Yeah. Well, and that's that are reported. So, yeah. you have to figure that a lot of people that get hit on a bike, if they're not hurt, they're not reporting it. Right. So Because they're hippies. And they hate the government, probably. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're on a bike. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, we're talking about a fraction of the, you know... The percentage of crashes is a fraction are, are by bike, but it's car on car. The people who ride bikes, the data that we have is that at least six percent of people are riding bikes regularly uh, for transportation purposes. For life, so like, like a to car, get to a work, substitute yeah, of a car. substitute of a car. Um, Three thousand crashes a year. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Mm, like, that's so stupid. annoying. So back to the helmet thing. Uh, once I have another cup of coffee, I can rattle this off really fast. <laughs> yes. but, I love helmets. <laughs> but helmets, um, there's been studies that show that drivers pass helmeted cyclists closer than non-helmeted cyclists. Fucking dicks. Are you uh, serious? Yeah. There's studies that show that helmeted cyclists take more risks than uh, than oh, non-helmeted dude. cyclists. 100% on my, uh, from me. You understand why I made the decision not wear a helmet, right? <laughs> there's... Uh, <laughs> There's also helmets are designed to withstand um, the impact of the head weighs. The average human head is about 12 pounds, 10 to 12 pounds. And the average uh, speed that you travel at a bike is 10 to 12 miles an hour. So that's slow, but that's, uh, you know, just kind of going. So when they do the helmet test to like, you know, certify them. Yeah. They drop, they put a ball that's about 10 pounds inside a helmet and drop it from a height that yields a speed of like 12 miles an hour. It doesn't account for the weight of your body attached to the head, and it doesn't account for the impact of another, say, vehicle traveling at you at like 30 miles an hour. Really? And so if they actually made helmets to withstand that sort of impact, they would look like motorcycle helmets, and they wouldn't be able to sell a single one because no one would wear them. I understand. I ended up on the hood of a car with my head in a windshield like nine years ago and I'm glad I wore the helmet yeah I wear but, a helmet but maybe it didn't matter but I also maybe it didn't matter, <laughs> it didn't matter. Uh, I, I actually never cared about a helmet too much I've always biked my whole life I never cared about it but then for like two summers I had a scooter I was riding the scooter everywhere loved it uh, speaking of uh, therapy the scooter was my therapy mm-hmm. being on a scooter is fun until I was uh, at a, I was stopped in the line at the stoplight, and I was on Russell Bridge. It was like three in the afternoon, four in the afternoon. Uh, broad daylight, great weather. I heard the screech of the tires, and she and a woman hit me from behind while I was stopped. And the helmet, I felt the helmet hit my back, like as my Whiplash. head went back, Ugh. and then. Then the the scooter moved its way towards the sidewalk, and I ended up with my hands on the railing of the bridge. 
Whoa. And you I'm, like almost went over. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And like staring at the water. And then it's me. Tr- the scooter's still running because it never fell over. And I'm holding the scooter. I can't get to the other side to get to the kickstand. My thing with the helmet was, was all I wanted to do was try to get my helmet off so I could throw it through her windshield. Because that's like yelling, yelling. And then, of course, she drove away. And no way. She said, drove away? Oh, yeah. she, she drove away? Yeah. yeah. Sucks. Hit and run. People are still worse. They found her. They were, the best part about that. They got her. The scooter story is me talking to the cop. And up comes a uh, big guy, leather vest, Harley. Stops, gets off, comes over and needs to go, what the fuck's going on here? What happened? Oh, we'll fucking get her. And fist bumped me and walked away and I started crying, like instantly. Because that was so okay. cool. Oh, fuck, I don't know what I'm doing. Because you, you felt I like... could never ride my scooter again, but that was so great. And, uh, and he's one of the guys that found her. Really? Yeah. What does that mean, one of the guys <laughs> that found her? There was like four, like all the cars behind me all said, we're going to go fucking get her. And, really? And just took off after. Of course, she lives. She lives in the the neighborhood, in in a trailer park nearby. Oh man! And uh, and it was hilarious because there were there were like, all of a sudden you could hear his radio going off. Okay, we we're getting reports of the vehicle. We think we found it. I love that a mob <laughs> went and chased her. Yeah, oh, it sucked. That's anyway. I was glad I was wearing the helmet, but it was a, it's a scooter helmet. You know, big goofy motorcycle helmet but you should wear that on your bicycle Travis. really with, honestly i don't know if you know how they test helmets the problem with it was is it didn't actually fit and so my head was bouncing around in it which is just probably as bad. worse it's just as bad as not wearing one yeah that's the other most people you see wearing a bike helmet oh don't it's have cocked it on, on right. the back it's of on, yeah or the straps are hanging down yeah. untied oh. or what are you supposed to have like two fingers between the strap oh and your see chin? you know it you know that's it. right yeah. right oh yeah you like that you still don't wear one, which is fine. Because I know so much about them, I know they're useless. Uh, again, I wear one because I uh, try. I would rather have other conversations about biking than helmets with the, yes. like, well said. with the general public. <laughs> yes. You know, like yeah. I, I don't want the conversation to be about that, so I wear one. But the the what it comes down to is that biking at a leisurely pace in an urban environment is not a dangerous activity yeah. and does totally. not require a helmet. One hundred percent. All right, I like that. Uh, where's the scariest place to bike, according to you? Like, is there like a famous like? Is there like a like a devil's backbone it's ridge be in Missoula? Right here. <laughs> is that's not? Is that bad to ride your bike? Down? I, I, I the named right it. where tool. Oh, right where tool. Right comes tool in comes scary. in. Yeah, and there are signs that kind of point you up Burton, so then you can get in the bike lane on tool and yeah. then merge with traffic. Yeah, but people don't want to go that one block out of their way no. when they're already on the. Yeah. Shortest path. People will go out of their way if it's like to get to a trailhead yeah. or like to get down to the riverfront trail. But yeah. to just go where you see like a block away, I'm not going to go around a block to do right. that. No, I, I labeled that on Strava. I labeled that Death Wish. What's Strava? Uh, the biking app that I use, the cycling app. What's that? Uh, what, what do you mean? What is it? Oh, well, it, What do you mean it's a cycling app? It measures your times and shows you your GPS. Oh, that's the thing that when you post that stuff on Facebook. Yeah. Oh, and awesome. there are cities that, uh, like that, in my office and their planning offices, they buy that data from Strava to look at where people are going to. It's a sweet business plan, Strava. To, yeah, to see if uh, <laughs> shithead fucking kids <laughs> made so much money. And it's I'm pretty awesome. sure Strava was made by rich old road bikers. Yeah, but they got shithead young kids. Oh sure. Fuck. 
Oh, man. So when you said that the stress thing really, like, spoke to me because I make most of my decisions every day based on, like, I call it the path of least resistance. Yeah. But by that, I mean I will get stressed out because I'm, I'm pretty quick to feel stressed out sometimes. Uh, so the way I travel around Missoula is based on the least stressful places. So I find myself avoiding Russell Street. Mm-hmm. Brook Street, uh, uh, reserve at all fucking costs. South Higgins. South. I never have any reason to go to South Higgins. Mm-hmm. Although I love Patty Creek Market. What don't you like about South Higgins? Yeah, what's wrong with South? They have a big shoulder. There are good bike lanes on uh, South Higgins. I. That is where I have the most uh, vocal contact. Really? With people. Yeah. Really. That's where I have the most. Not. Not that I don't have it everywhere else. Like. Rattlesnake is there's tons of vocal contact between me and another car, but that's where like what that's where I think they were stuck behind me for the hip strip and have oh. their chance to get around me right there at uh, like Dairy Queen or mm-hmm. whatever. Right as I'm getting over, they have a chance, and right now there's no shoulder, so I'm still in the road and they're waiting to pass me. That's when I have the vocal contact of certain words, certain derogatory sexuality terms being yelled at me, which I still can't believe. Is I know, a, that still happens. I can't, I, like, that was happening when I was in high school in Helena and was like, well, that's just the way it is. These are hicks. But then it happens to me in front of Hellgate High School. Like, ah, <laughs> I think it's happened to me. Stop calling me that word. Somebody calling me a homo or a fag <laughs> walking across Orange Street Bridge I think has happened to me twice. It's Maybe Higgins. So weird. But yeah, that. What is that? Driving past what? And yes, it's, it's, it's almost always a truck. It's almost always diesel. It's almost always lifted. There's almost there's always almost always three golden retrievers <coughs> in the back. Oh. <laughs> there's a thing that's like ah oh, oh why are you yelling at me for this? What what is your problem? And like I can't I like this the sociological part of it is like you oh, don't even you're not even mad you you're just you you're mad at me because you think that I think that I'm doing something better than you yeah and I, I I don't care what you're doing drive your truck that is people fucking hate bikes yeah I mean there's a section of people that really do how much of your job is dealing with nutty people <laughs> it's uh, quite a bit actually is it yeah yeah really? I feel uh, a phone call or two a week probably from someone who just wants to bitch about this bicyclist that didn't have lights on at night or that uh, ran a stop sign, you know, or whatever. Yeah. And and a lot of my job is trying to address that behavior because it can be problematic. Like, there's no reason not to have a light at night, you know, other than that bikes don't come with them built in and cars do. And if a driver had to, like, strap their headlights on every night, they probably would forget sometimes, sometimes too. But um, the... There's still no reason to not have one. We give right. out about 2,000 sets a year. Really? Uh, yeah. Oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah, mostly to residents of the POV and yeah. the pre-release. But, um, yeah, we'll give them, to, awesome. give them to anybody. So um, we also run educational, you know, PSAs and things like that. Um, let's talk about bike. Let's talk about those laws. Sure. The one that is most contentious in my mind is can you ride a bike on a sidewalk? Yes, you can. Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah. The city it's widely, I think people widely think that that is not. I've seen people yell at each other in downtown Missoula. Oh yeah, the city has a law that says that you can't, but the state has a law that says you can, and the state's law trumps the city's law. Really? Yeah. We don't talk about Trump here. I, I thought you do every episode. <laughs> it's inevitable. Yeah. We try not to. It's Trump impossible. hates bikes. By it's the way. so bad. It's just a terrible. Uh, that's interesting. So I didn't know that. I didn't know that. 
that there was there is contention. There is a there is a thing. So if you looked it up, if the one person who is the person I seem to run into all the time looked it up on the internet, Missoula would say you can't. They would be able to find in the Missoula Municipal Code, they'd be able to find a law that says that anyone over the age of 15 can't ride a bike on a sidewalk. But if they were to look at the Montana State Code, they would say that anyone riding a bike on the sidewalk has all of the rights and responsibilities of, a, of pedestrians. And so our city attorney says that that means that you have the... The state law assumes that you have the right to ride on a sidewalk. And furthermore, if your traffic laws differ than those around the state, you need to post it, which is why at every entrance to the city, we have a sign that says that there's a cell phone ban here. And so, but his thing is, is that the city attorney's thing is that because people aren't biking from city to city, but biking within the city, we would not need to have it posted at every intersection that you can't ride a bike on a sidewalk. Oh, for it to be, like, enforceable? Uh Uh-huh. And no one wants to clutter the streets with that much signs. It's ridiculous. Uh, And really, when people ride on the sidewalk, it's not because they want to be dicks. It's because they don't feel comfortable riding in the road. Totally. And so that, to me, is a... If someone complains about a location, that, to me, suggests a need for a better bike facility in that location, not uh, not a huge behavior problem. When you say bike facility bike lane or trail or okay. uh there's a couple terms for what we have on north higgins cycle track is kind of a nerdy term is that protected bike lane that's is another the way to talk about new it. fancy not new anymore i guess really. yeah <laughs> so the reason that one ends mm-hmm. we're talking about the fancy bike lanes that what did they finish that three years four years ago ten years ago it's like seven or eight yeah <laughs> Uh, uh, that that ends pretty abruptly, and I think At Broadway, yeah. and I think that some people I have often thought, why, why did I only get to ride on those sweet bike lanes for like thirty seconds? And it's because of what you're talking about with like the state. It becomes Highway Twelve, 12 or yeah. well, Business Ninety. Yeah, it's the state's road, and yeah. they basically said, "Hey, you can do this on your road, but you can't do it on our." portion motherfuckers and so well you can't say that you can say that yeah i can't say that uh you know mdt uh, our local that's the montana department of transportation our local regional branch has some great people working there and uh some of them are competitive cyclists and understand the importance from tourism dollars to accessibility issues why biking is important but some of the people who make decisions about that live in Helena and have no right no understanding of what Missoula is like names no and under- addresses please <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then furthermore this is even you know kind of more batshit crazy is that there is a group of five people from around the state who have no engineering or planning experience they're basically just friends of the governor that sit on what's called the transportation commission that make any decision about change of speed limits or um, the configuration of any of the state's owned roads. And they're just people. And they're just people. What the fuck? Yeah. Weird. I think the parole board is like that, too. Is that Whoa. true? Really? I feel like it's just random It's not like too. actual psychologists. I don't and think so. I think people that can understand people. if a yeah. criminal has a... Oh, that's infuriating, because that makes your job, like, you. sometimes it's just impossible. Yeah, you can be an expert and... And it doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter. Ugh. That's so true. I mean, look at our president. Sorry. Uh, so I'm sorry. Where is the, uh, where, where are the real horrible hotspots? Well, you guys have described several of them. I think hip strip is pretty bad, especially the, 
when you're coming southbound on the bridge yep. and Around you need little... to merge yeah. into the travel lane. And, oh, it's brutal. I mean, there are, again, the shadows there, I think, help suggest to drivers that are on that road every day that, oh, yeah, bikes are going to be in the lane from mm. now on. But um, I just get as close to the median as possible. There, I don't get over because if I give them, I feel like if I give them the option to go around me, they will take it. Oh yeah, and so that's in the worst spot ever. And we, and that's what we teach. We, when, you know, when we go out to teach at schools or at summer camps and stuff, we tell people to um, take the lane that yeah. you're supposed to, in a in a street that isn't wide enough to have a bike lane or even to have um, someone like coexist side by side in the lane with you as when you're on a bike, you should be in that full lane and the driver behind you should have to pass you, yeah. you know, have to actually right. change lanes to pass. And the state law reflects that they're actually allowed to cross the double yellow to pass you. So like another bad spot is up here on Phillips. That's where actually where oh. I get yelled at quite a bit. Wait, the cars are allowed to pass you on the double yellow line. They're allowed to cross the double yellow to pass you. Yeah. Why? That's insane. Isn't that insane? I, they can do it to pass tractors and stuff. Why can't they uh, do it to pass bicycles? I didn't know you could pass tractors. Well, my problem with the law is that then people are using that in... I'm, I might be going 20 miles an hour and the speed limit might be 20. And they're going around me still. It's the it's Greeno Hill where mm-hmm. I am speeding. I admit that I am going way over 25 coming down that hill. And I'm still getting passed for no reason. You got to be careful there. I've heard of people getting tickets on bikes oh, on that hill. No way. You yeah. need a speeding ticket. I got a, I got a little, uh, I got a little whoop whoop from the uh, cop one day. But I also had just gotten passed by somebody. Oh really? And he was busy dealing with that person. And oh not me. okay. So like, I, I, I feel like it's still that thing where that law is fine with me. I'm fine with that law, except for people use that law as a, well, I'm going to go around the spike. No matter what it takes. Yeah, mm. I think that's such a bad idea. Double yellow means not safe. That's to pass. why you take the lane. That's why you take. That's why you take the whole lane. So they have to get all the way over, and nobody wants to do that. The the I always see the drivers that are more than willing to get halfway across the double yellow, but they're not willing to go all the way over. Um, I don't know why drivers have to make so many concessions for your hobby. Like I, as a as a as a car enthusiast, as a, as a, as a, <laughs> as a vehicle connoisseur, yeah, as a car enthusiast, uh, no. I'm There's actually a law right now being proposed in the legislature, and it passed out of the House, and it's in the Senate, I believe, that uh, establishes a three foot passing distance, a three foot minimum passing distance on any road that's 35 or below, and a five foot distance for any road that's 35 miles an hour or above. Sweet. Yeah, How, that seems unenforceable. Well, right now the law states that you can only pass a cyclist if it's safe to do so. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is really unenforceable. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. All right, this yeah, is I'd like to have the right some, direction. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I always put my hand out if somebody's passing me, see if I can touch the really? car. And nine times out of ten, my glove squeaks on their car. See, if I was driving behind you, I would be like, I'm going to give him what he wants. <laughs> Here you go, baby. I hope you do. Fucker. Thank you. Uh, uh, Baby. I want to pivot really quickly. All right, go ahead. Uh, and talk about modality. <laughs> All right. Sweet. <laughs> Art. So uh, Ben is in a band called Modality. You guys have been around for a long time now. We have, yeah. Like, what, 10 years? Uh, Clark and Jay probably started in 2008. Okay. So almost. Yeah. Getting there. Um, uh, and you guys play awesome, I don't know, it's like shoegazy, experimental... Yeah, I might call it ambient. 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 Oh, I, I resisted it. saying that word because that's a hard one. 
Some, <sighs> somebody might hear the word ambient and say, I don't care about this music ever. Yeah, that they they would be justified in doing that. <laughs> but yes, I would use that word. But uh, you guys came out of the record this year, last year, mm-hmm. 2016. That's awesome. Such a good record. Um, that was like the only local record to show up on some top top record lists last year, which was yeah, I was cool. flattered. Yeah, I was. Uh, that was really awesome. Um, uh, and it was true. It was a really good record. Uh, what are you guys doing now? We uh, the first week of the new year we hold up in Butte at our studio and uh, Charles came out from Virginia and so we spent a week in the studio recording laying down new stuff and, and so Charles is the violin Charles player. is the violin and he, and he plays bass too not at the same time but it, you but explain to everybody how you guys practice because he's like a professor at Virginia Tech or he's a professor shit. at Virginia Tech he was a professor here that's how we okay. know him okay. and he actually taught like a intro to recording and that's how Clark and Jay learned how to play some mic and things yeah. like that and so they had started crediting him on their, you know, on their first EP. They credited Charles as, you know, in, in the thank yous. And so we kept doing it. And so then when we put out our first record, Particle City, we credited him. And I said, hey, we should give him a copy. And so we did. And he uh, he wanted to sit down and listen to it with us. So we went to the KUFM studio and uh, put it on. And he's like, holy shit, this is really good. And we were like, uh, okay, you want to you want to play a show with us? Because this is like 2012 or something. And that year... We played with. We invited everyone to play with us. Tom and Colin. Yeah, uh, I remember that. Nathan Hoyme played. Yeah, Nathan Hoyme played with us a few times. Uh, Larry Hirschberg played with us a few times. Awesome. Uh, this the horn section from a ska band from Billings played with us. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> At a show at the Badlander. I mean, anyone. We asked anyone to sit yeah. in with us, and so we we're like, sweet. Let's ask Charles to sit in. So he said, okay, but I should come to a practice first. So we were like, okay. And we went, we had a practice and we just fucking gelled immediately. Good. Yeah. And he said, he's, as he's like packing his stuff up, he's like, uh, I'm going to keep coming down here on Thursday nights until you guys tell me not to. And we're just like, cool. okay. And a month later, I was finally like, Charles, what the fuck are you doing here, man? Like he's been playing uh, violin since he was three. He toured Asia when he was eight. Like as part really? of a symphony, yeah. Um, he is like a. Do you know this guy? I do know Charles. Yeah. Um, his talent is unbelievable. His intonation is fantastic. Cool. And his, you know, his his chops are there. The theory is there. He's a engaging professor, and you know, just a really all around. He's a different class of musician. Than, and now he's your bandmate. And now he's our bandmate. And he was like, "Look, I'm not." You're a professor here. I'm not, a, and I never had a classroom, so yeah. it was a little bit easier for me. But he's like, "This is not a teacher-student relationship. This is a musically, uh, this is more experimental than any written music that I've ever played, and it's more uh, rockish, or um, there's more to it than any of the weird abstract music that I play in academic circles. Right. And so this is a fusion of styles that I've never been a part of, and it's really." Uh, that's awesome. I didn't realize awesome that you guys met. But then he went to Virginia. And so then he got hired. We played for about a year, and then he got hired away by Virginia Tech. And so um, we practice. We've continued to practice weekly with this piece of equipment called a Jam Link, which is a online. So it's a little crazy. box that we can plug uh, eighth inch cable into, <laughs> and uh, maybe it's a quarter inch. But either way, it's not like a ton of audio. You're not yeah. sending balanced XLRs or you know anything like that. And uh, there's a interface online and like a little mixing board and 
he has one plugs in and we connect to each other and then we can turn our levels up and down can and you see each other well we see each other through like a chat okay. you know like a video Separate. skype or something yeah, yeah. and that's super slow but the audio is zero latency or very very low that's latency because you guys perform this way We've done like three shows like this, yeah. So scary. Two at the VFW and one at the Downtown Dance Collective. And, you know, like, so we have this professor and we're we're kind of soft, you know? Like, there was a while when Clark was banging his guitar off the ceiling of the top hat and, like, wailing, you know, just, like, moaning into his pickups and, like, trying to be a little bit harder. But but we're pretty, we're pretty soft around the edges <laughs> in, our, in our sound. But... But at the VFW, when we perform, they can't conduct business. There's no commerce can be happen because oh, we're using all the card. bandwidth. Yeah, <laughs> which makes us the most punk band there is. That is so true. Yes, it is. Oh, that's so oh great. God, that's amazing. <laughs> I fucking love that. I didn't realize that. My favorite modality thing ever. You guys had a really awesome uh, feature on MTPR. I think. Sherry Nina yeah. did, did and she she was playing. I think it was a song from your last record. What's the last record called? Under the Shadow of This Red Rock. And that's at Ear Candy, I think. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and you can get it on vinyl, which is a cool thing and worth it. Uh, but she played, you know, like four minutes of a song, and then she comes back on, and she's like, "So we're just gonna stop that one there. That song's fourteen minutes long." <laughs> <laughs> I think she even says like there's 14 more minutes. Or, of yeah, that. 14 more minutes to that one. It's <laughs> so great. Awesome. It's awesome. But yeah, that's awesome. So you guys have any shows coming up? No, nothing. No, nothing planned. We're uh, working on recording stuff and and getting it out there and seeing cool. uh, see what can happen. We went on a tour this last summer and it was super fun, but it was a lot of work to reach not many people. Yeah. And the the worst part about it, and this is totally my fault, um, but the day that we got home from tour was when the records were sitting on my doorstep. Oh, oh shit. That sucks. Yeah. I don't know. I don't that know. sucks, but it didn't really make that much of a difference. It makes you feel any better from experience. Oh yeah. You probably it. would have sold like five of them. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> yeah. true. And they so, would have taken up a bunch of room. Yeah, I don't yeah. feel that bad. And like, <laughs> no, maybe they would have gotten stolen. Yeah. It, it feels worse better. when you have to bring 500 records home. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've got to load these into the garage where they sit. I hope for... I remember where I put them. <laughs> I just found a box of 300 CDs from a former band, which is depressing. No, thank you for giving me one of those. Yeah. Thank you. I, 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 I got the benefit of that. Yeah. Discovery. I'll give you one, too. Is it Tornado? It's I Hate Your Girlfriend. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I'll take one. It's awesome. Definitely. It's really good. It's really good. Did you play on uh, Magpie's Tornado? Mm-hmm. Are you on that one? Yeah. Because I, I actually was listening to that last night. You were? Yeah. What? I was giving you guys some Spotify revenue. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and uh, it was for really selfish reasons because I wanted to because I recorded like four of the songs on that, but then but that was with Dave Martin's, and so then I was like, oh, I I listen to the drum. I want to hear the difference, and so I listened to the drum. Or first, I didn't know there was a difference. Like, oh, did they use some of our tracks and then some that they recorded somewhere else? And then I heard the drums. Is like, no, that's Jamie. That's not ours. Yeah, because slopstick. Yeah, I haven't mastered slopstick. Dave Martin's has it. He calls it slopstick. Okay. And I mean, I, I all, I, style of playing. I, I probably know how to play drums less than he does actually, but he is just so like all over the fucking place and it's awesome. It's like watching a Muppet play drums. Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's the difference. And there are songs where like I've heard recordings of him where I'm like, how the fuck did he do that? And then you're like, he probably didn't do it on purpose. (laughs) And it's awesome. He doesn't remember what he does. It's awesome. It's so cool. Uh, that's so cool that you're listening to that last night. That made me feel so happy. 
Aww. Thanks, man. Aww. Appreciate it. Uh, uh, <laughs> what else do you want to talk about? I don't know. I'll, uh, I mean, I'll keep talking about my work stuff uh, all the time because I, I love it. And again, you guys are... Uh, talking to these coffee shop owners like hey we need more in restaurant owners like hey we need more of this and uh, currently it's a little bit difficult we because of zoning again turn the channel but um, there's a there's it's only important. so many places that you can have commercial right uh, which is so frustrating man. and they often aren't in neighborhoods they're usually on the main streets and so that makes it uh, I know it makes it, it challenging it seems Missoula seems like a place where we would have that like Seattle, Portland has that culture of putting a business into a house. Like, oh, uh, this is just a really cool restaurant. Oh, well, that looks like a house. Yeah. You go inside and, oh, it is a really cool restaurant in a house. That's a good or, point. And we don't have that. We don't. We don't. Except <laughs> unless you have like a law firm or a dentist's office. They seem to be able to operate. Are you talking about York. Pine? Like Pine? Yeah. Pine seems Pine, to be. Uh, Pine, South First Street. Yes. Totally. What's up with that? Those are probably zone commercial. They're so close to downtown. Yeah, right? and they're close to the main. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, it's really frustrating because it, it totally prevents us, like we talked about before, from having those neighborhood from neighborhoodiness. You know, we're always still going to have to go to downtown or Reserve Street. I went to Jaker's last night, by the way. Oh, oh yeah, no. did you have one of their scones? Oh, oh the fried biscuits. It's just a, it is it's a fried it's donut. Fried. It's so good. Yeah, yeah, it's a fried biscuit. It's not a scone. We also, you know, because it was Valentine's Day, uh, you know, lobster. Lobster's really big in Missoula on Valentine's Day. Maybe everywhere. I don't know. But okay. every place on Reserve and Brook Street is advertising lobster. So we got uh, we got the lobster fondue, which oh, was no. exceptional. Jaker's is wonderful. Also, half-off beers. Oh, is it better? You can get, you can get a 24-ounce beer. They were they were shut down for a remodel. Was it nice? Uh, upon this visit, I haven't been there yeah, since. I, I'd only been there one time before that, and it seemed to be exactly the same. Do you know that that dude paid his employees? Yeah. While they were remodeling. Yeah. Which yeah. is pretty amazing. That's pretty also. awesome. That is really good. I highly recommend Shakers. I'm not a big. I don't frequent Brook Street, but I highly recommend it. Speaking of Midtown Revival. Yeah, that's happening. Bike lanes there seems like a real tough deal yeah brooks is brooks is gonna be a challenge brooks is a challenge but no the sure. trail that more or less runs parallel to brooks along the railroad tracks the bitter trail yeah that gets you right to the back of jakers does it really pretty much and yeah. it goes it goes right, right here. by the brewery doesn't it it does go right here eventually it'll cross the you know you have to cross the river now at like california street bridge or are we ever gonna like be that. able to just go across the railroad tracks oh that'd be wonderful wouldn't yeah. that be sweet yeah because that's the only thing there's there are things like that and i understand it's part of the deal like it's just hard but uh uh yeah the lack of like continuity you know so where there's I'd, currently that gap right by the mall now from north ave to yes. livingston yeah. we the city just got that triangle property where like sheck is Oh. And uh, that trail is going to get built this summer. Awesome! Really? Yeah. So that connection is. So will that hook up to the? Oh, that all just the way. It. It'll just keep going. You can get from downtown to Hamilton without having to be oh, on that's a, so awesome. a road. That's rad. My problem with that spot, that spot we're talking about, is I'll be listening to a podcast or music, and I will literally not get lost, but all of a sudden, I guess I'm just going to get back on Brooks. I don't know where. I don't know where to go now. I guess I'll just find Brooks. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, my trail ride, which was sweet, oh, this is so awesome, turns into, why am I back on Brooks? What am I doing? So that's awesome to hear that that'll happen. And what's the deal with, uh, are we allowed to ride across the giant bridge now? I don't think it's quite open yet. They uh, It's really cool looking. 
That's awesome. One of the Sweet. so it has like a heated cement in it. This to is the reserve snow. And I, yeah, the res- and so it has like heating coils in the cement to melt the ice oh, and snow. Yeah. And it didn't work, so they had to rip the decking off and Shit. redo it. And then oh. we got hit with the snowiest winter in 40 years. So oh. we uh, it's been a little bit behind schedule, but I think March is when the grand opening awesome. is going to be for that. That's so cool. I, I can't. So we'll be able to ride our bikes from to Hamilton. Yeah. I'll, I'll totally do that. No, you won't. <laughs> Even to Lolo is a great trip. Yep. The oh, trail yeah, to Lolo is amazing. Because you're off of 93, right? You're like down. Near for the river a lot of it, you're down on the riverside. Yeah. That's and awesome. it's It's pretty incredible. Uh, also, stupid, awesome fishing in there. Yeah. Which is great. Now it's great access. That's so cool. Uh, uh, I had this big thought and it totally is fucking gone. Shit. Shit. Do it. Figure uh, it out. Google it. I'm not even thinking. Google now. I'm your just brain. looking at you. I know. Well, I'm I'm I was shaking. <laughs> Sorry. I distracted you because I was shaking my head when you talked about hey, fishing. I got a question for you guys. Yes. Why did you switch which ear you're in? Uh, it, I, I got really Jamie, used to Jamie. For, for the record, Jamie's never listened to the podcast. Okay. <laughs> so I, I'm like, and this is the second time somebody's mentioned that we're in stereo. Um, we, uh, what I, what my plan was was to change it every time, but I couldn't remember where it was on the last one, and I wasn't, I did, I wasn't willing to click, click play to find out what the stereo split was. Wait, but, that's how it is? Yeah, you're in one ear, I'm in the other, he's in the yeah. other. Does that drive and you, I, does it make you go crazy? Well, I mean, the first episode that it switched, yeah. it totally drove me crazy. <laughs> really? Yeah. You got used to I it? got really that's used hilarious. to Travis in my left yeah. ear and you in my right ear, and then when it switched, I was like, this is imbalanced and yeah. really? sounds wrong. And, that's yeah. so interesting. That is. You have savant uh, recall, though, with sounds, I've noticed. You do. Uh, I don't know if you know this. Wow, stop pointing at him like that. <laughs> it's so accusatory. No, I think it's amazing. You, I'm so impressed by the way you can recall music. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I love it, though. It's like I've always been into it. I know, but it's something different. It's like a brain. You have a special brain is what I'm saying. It's right. not just Oh, you music. have a special brain. Yeah. So maybe I should be wearing a helmet to protect it then. Yeah. No shit. No, totally. No, but yeah, the idea was, of course, you want somebody to feel like they're sitting at the t- other end of the table. Mm-hmm. But then, yes, the switch that was supposed to be alternating each time so nobody gets used to it, that just didn't happen. That's so funny. I can't believe that's true. So what yeah. ear was I in now? Right ear? Do you remember? You're in, like, I was listening to Kate Whittle on my way over. Yeah. And, uh... Oh, I was drunk. Yeah, you guys were, dr- you guys were drinking on that <laughs> yeah. one, huh? <laughs> Whoops. Uh, you were in the... Yeah, you're in the... Shit, he should be in his, in the you left. should be in the left. Yeah, yeah. that's what I, I'm shooting for because I'm literally picturing somebody sitting right. Where's here. the guest? They're right in the middle. Yeah, they're in the middle. Shut up. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. So cool. Good move, man. <laughs> At this point in the podcast, I will be panning them back and forth at ten seconds. As intervals. we talk, <laughs> this will be, oh, this is weird. And then there's some random tambourine hits that are also in stereo. Oh yeah, yeah just yeah, to keep yeah. it honest, I like that. <laughs> Yes, I like that. Uh, no, I, that was an experiment because, like, I didn't. I listened to a ton of podcasts, and none of them were in stereo. None of them were in stereo, and with good reason, because most people just listen on their computer, so you can't hear it anyway. Some people listen with one earbud, so they might lose half of it. Oh yeah, and all that kind of stuff. And so it was a weird decision to make that. And I was panning them. 
I was going to pin him like really hard. It, I was going to say it's not too hard because I've done the one earbud experiment. It's just enough. <laughs> it's just enough to still make it sound okay on a phone or anywhere, but enough to where if you're actually wearing headphones, you could be sitting here with us. Awesome. And uh, it's cool because then when you talk over each other, you can. It's actually distinguishable. It's not just like oh, a, so you can hear both. Yeah, we're talking over. Yeah, each but other. then it feels like two people talking over each other as opposed to just an onslaught Yelling. of sound. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I get that. I get that. Uh, uh, is there any uh, big things coming up that people should be aware of regarding bike issues if people are concerned about these issues? What's the pothole phone number? It's going to be a rough spring, man. Yeah, it's going to be a really rough bad. spring. Holy shit. Uh, I wish I had that memorized. I don't. It's easily it. available on the city's webpage. Oh, there's though. actually a pothole number? Yeah. Oh, yeah, and they'll go out and fill them. Like, we have this really cool like asphalt recycler that um, takes up the crud from potholes yeah. and reheats it and then yes. puts it and then they lay it back down. Maybe. So they can fill potholes this time of year even though it doesn't really stick in the... Yeah. In the asphalt as well. That on on tool right now by the railroad tracks, which every year is Ugh, a nightmare. So bad. You can see last year's like fill-ins are just in one piece next to the pop. Yeah, floating. Uh-huh. And so it's like a cubic yard of asphalt, <laughs> like just in the middle of the road. Oh, is there not a phone number? There's just a, a, a contact form. Oh, there's a yeah, there is a contact form on the website. You can just enter it in. The potholes are scary on bikes. Yeah, oh, fucking for sure. Yeah. You will, you will not an be option. on the ground. Yeah, yeah it's not you an option. You will be on the ground if you hit one of those. But we live in Montana. Yeah. So. People hate bikes here. No, yeah. That's not what I meant. No, they Jamie do. thinks people hate bikes in Montana. They, they do. Generally speaking, I yes, think that that's a true. They call you. They love them, though, too. I mean, the, uh, my, my stat for you is that biking brings in $377 million to the state annually. No way. Yes. Yeah. What? Yeah. 377 million? Yeah, from things like the Butte 100 to Rat Pod to... Oh, all the races. All the races, all of the mountain bike rides and near Helena. Helena is like a mountain biking destination now. No um, shit, I did not know that. Yeah, we have a Montana bicycle celebration here. Like, we had one this last summer for the grand opening of the trail down in the Bitterroot. That yeah. We had 1,300 people ride from Missoula that day. Uh, in one day. Whoa. And this summer, it's happening again, except the celebration is going to be down in Stevensville. And so people are going to be riding from Hamilton to Missoula to Stevensville and camping oh. out and live music. Oh, and it's going to be fun. Yeah. When is that? Third weekend of July. Oh, that's going to be a party. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, remember when we went through the recession and all the businesses were shutting down and every and all the nonprofits were having trouble and Adventure Cycling was building a new building yeah. and then they built a new road. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. Like that, it's amazing and it's it can't be ignored when people say that well, bicyclists don't pay taxes on license and whatnot. Yeah, but we're bringing in people. That's awesome. true. I I pay taxes on. I have two vehicles, three actually. One of them just sits in my yard like a true montanan but um i got one of those too yeah so do i (laughs) (laughs) fuck oh hate it but so yeah so i pay gas tax and i pay vehicle fees but um the the truth is is that our user fees as drivers do not cover the damage that we do to the roads and to the environment whereas the lack of usage fees on my bike the benefits that i'm bringing to the community i'm not getting reimbursed for those i'm not getting compensated for those you're actually yeah now we're talking i know that's that's the title millennial (laughs) (laughs) 
No, that is the truth, though. That is the truth. We're not doing damage to the roads that we're using. Mm -hmm. We're not doing damage to the environment via breathing. I would like to And see we're it. reducing congestion, making it easier, making the damage that you cause in your vehicle when you have to drive and I have to bike yeah. less. Oh, also, I'm sorry, but Missoula, quality of life. Like on a Sunday, like Super Bowl Sunday this year, oh, I was outside at like yeah. 3 o'clock and it was just silent. Like there were just no cars anywhere. So nice. And it felt so good to like walk down the sidewalk. And you realize, I mean, I hate to say this because I think, you know, cars... It's reductive to say cars are uh, noisy and therefore a city shouldn't have them. But, man, it is really nice when it's quiet outside, I think, like, for peace of mind. Oh, yeah. Have you been to Sunday Streets and realized how quiet it yeah. is? Yeah. It's crazy. It's amazing. Uh, I rode my bike on Christmas Day, and it felt like 28 days later. Oh, like, yeah. It, like, it was, like, I was, I was swerving back and forth in the middle of Russell Street Bridge. Oh, this is so great. <laughs> this, is, this is the life. Riding my bike on Christmas Day? It's awesome. Oh my god. Yeah. Did you no, get a new bike for Christmas? Uh just before Christmas. Oh, okay. You got one of those fat ones. Oh really? Yeah. The big it's fat amazing. tires. It's amazing. So you've been riding all winter? I've been riding all winter. Oh. My bike has been at Jay's house for like a month and a half now. Uh, that's, that happens. They get frozen in, as as it were. Like they all of a sudden oh I can't ride that anywhere. The fat bike you can ride everywhere. It's amazing. That's pretty cool, I gotta say. I love it. The upside, though, is that I've been walking everywhere, and that's why I've been able to listen to uh, podcasts oh. such as yours. Because the walking has been really nice. Oh, man, no, it hasn't <laughs> at all. And that, Sidewalks. to me, is, uh, is a bigger problem. And, you know, I, ultimately what I'm working for is to make Missoula walkable. You, you know, yeah. bikeable is like a interim step um, because our roadways are designed for cars and bikes. The majority of the trips that you take in a car are less than three miles, which yeah. can easily be taken by a bike. Yeah. But um, it would be great if the majority of trips were less than half a mile totally. so you could take them by foot instead. So that sort of connects why you would be interested in, in the commercial zoning stuff. And and you need destinations totally. within walking it distance all... if we're going to actually be able to walk places. Totally. What is the process for changing zoning in Missoula? Uh, it it's involves like writing... First, there's a growth policy, which uh, in the state of Montana is not very binding, mm -hmm. but it's still required that a city has one. Um, and so we have a growth policy that says that uh, we desire a walkable community and you know access to the outdoors and all of these great things that, uh, if you really think hard about it, they might be mutually exclusive. Some <laughs> of the some of the goals in the growth policy, but we have this thing, and then we have zoning that's part of that. And there's not only the zoning code, which is like the words, but there's a zoning map which shows the districts. And both of those need to change uh, to allow for things. And what's the process? Um, the growth policy was recently updated, like last year. And it started to include language about the desire for um, like corners of neighborhood uh, commercial and identified even places on a map that like would be good for it. Like the Johnson 14th intersection. Wouldn't it be great if that was like four corners of, oh, uh, yes. of like oh, yeah. a, a neighborhood bar totally. and a restaurant and, uh, huh. And bodegas. I want more bodegas. Like summer sun sort of does it, but they're going to move, but just like neighborhood spots to go get snacks. Yeah. And like toothpaste. Uh huh. That aren't zip trip. That aren't a gas However, station. However, the PS mini is amazing. The PS Mini is awesome. <laughs> Sorry, just wanted, but still, I hate is most a gas stations. PS Mini is amazing. Is it, and like maybe there's a little deli. I yeah. guess this place used to be mm -hmm. like that Scott Street Market. One of the things that uh, is a hindrance to that is the limit, the hard cap on liquor licenses. I know it's insane. Yeah. And there's another bill at the legislature right now to 
allow that to be up to the control of cities as opposed to the state. Oh, really? Yeah. God, they should get rid of that. It, it makes, like, the, the liquor license thing has made business so weird in the state. Mm-hmm. And it puts so much value, unnecessary value, on alcohol. That doesn't need to be there. When yeah. you go to Washington, you can get a sandwich and a vodka tonic anywhere. Really? Because it doesn't matter. You yeah. can get liquor. You can buy booze anywhere. Yeah. Or Portland has the rule that if you're serving liquor, then you, you need to, to serve food which also, awesome. which awesome. means that there's more restaurants totally. too and more, more bars and more revenue. Yeah. Like it only helps. That actually helps businesses as opposed to making liquor license worth a million dollars, which it just seems so unfair. It like is. If you just want to start a fucking business. It is. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. It's the Montana Tavern Association is bullshit. I'm gonna go on record. Because they're against brewery tap rooms. They're very they're powerful. against opening new bars. Extremely powerful and bullshit. All right. Well, let's have him on. Who's he? <laughs> Who's he? I'm sure he wears. Car- I'm sure he wears a cowboy Missoula hat, people. and I'm going to be pissed. Yeah. Oh man, he's going to wear a cowboy hat. <laughs> Dick. He's not going to take it off of my house, and I'm going to have to take it off of him myself. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, it's going to be great. <coughs> Hit record, Jamie. Well, Hit record. Ben, will you uh, keep us posted on the? Because obviously, I think you nailed it. Uh, we talk about this shit all the time, and you're a great asset to us because you know about this stuff. When there's stuff that we should know about, you let us know and come back. Yeah, definitely. And talk to Please. us about it. I would like that a lot. I would we, love to. Come, I would love to talk about Sunday Streets at some point with you. Okay. Because I want Sunday Streets to be like Brooks, Russell. Uh, Higgins. Wouldn't it be so weird if it was on reserve? If we shut down, yeah, oh. I want to, like, reserve would be the only one. Like, I want to, sh- if we shut down five arteries, that would shut down, like, the rest of the streets. Right? I've... Like, if we made a, like, if it was, like, a once a month deal that was, like, we shut down Brooks. We are shutting down Brooks, Russell, Higgins. And Broadway. Have you seen any of the videos of like how this exists in other places? No. So Sunday Street started in Bogota, Colombia, like thirty years ago, oh, four really? years ago. Yeah. And um, now they shut down every Sunday of the year, they shut down seventy two miles of roadway. Holy shit. And over a million people participated in each week. And they just yeah, they and it's have a like to businesses. Yeah. Of and course. it's just, yeah. and people are out doing like yoga in the street and, you know, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. And it's like these long routes. And so you just bike through your neighborhood and you get your exercise for the week because you normally it's crazy to bike in that city. That's so cool. Yeah. Oh, oh I love that. Yeah, idea. we should do that. So we're actually Never having mind, I a. I thought my idea was extreme. My <laughs> idea is not even close. <laughs> um, they. It's funny that you bring that up, though, because we're internally having conversations right now. We're kind of victims of our own success with Sunday Streets and that. We always wanted the route to be longer mm-hmm. and to have uh, still have the types of activities that we have, but have like a, a hub of them in one park and then you'd have to ride your bike to the next one yes. and be able to do that. And we've just never gotten there. And now we've built up this expectations that this event is more or less a street fair that people bike and walk to and, yeah. and through. And so when we've made attempts to try and change it, we did it in the West Side once or twice actually and tried to bring it down railroad and tool and then up through here to west side park when that happened and we still had a lot of people attend but it felt a lot more spread out and so a lot of the activity hosts were like ah that didn't feel as crowded we don't want a little dystopic zombie movie like people were just wandering around on empty streets (laughs) 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 but it's still fun sorry i interrupted you um and so we're trying to figure out now internally like how do we how do we get it closer to what we want it to be 
with while without sacrificing any of the things that it is and how do we meet the goals yeah. of this event because it's you know we do it um Missoula Motion does it because it promotes biking and walking but it's also a boon to businesses it brings the community together it um reimagines our public space yeah. it uh and it has real tangible health goals that people yeah. get their uh, their daily exercise or more when you give them an opportunity to right outside their door. And so we're trying to get, you know, more partners involved and, and find a way to sustain this because right now it takes a lot of staff time and a fair amount of money from our organization when we're kind of helping out a whole bunch of other people as well. And yeah. so, um, we're trying to figure out what, what can we do differently to make it, uh, Make it work better for for us. If I want, if we wanted to have like a block party and we wanted to shut down our block on Cooper Street, mm-hmm. is the, can normal citizens do that? Yep. Yeah, and there's a form I could email it to you oh, on how to do that. I want to do it just to do it. It That's costs a little bit of money. It. I mean, oh, you got to put up barricades and usually you got to hire someone have to, to do that. Do it? No, cops. I mean, cops don't even come to Sunday streets. We've invited they them don't. every year and they kind of refuse. They say, "Yeah, we're down the street if you need us." What? Yeah. Sucks. Let's 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 block off the, uh, the 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 street and put the table in the middle of the street and, and do podcast. The podcast from there <laughs> every week. Saturday streets. <laughs> it's Tuesday morning let's streets. Do it. Oh, I love <laughs> that. Um, ben, thanks for coming on here, man. Yeah, my that pleasure. Was a really nice way awesome. to start the day. It's morning time right now. Yes, even uh, though you might be listening to it <laughs> anytime. Um, yeah, let us know when, when there's stuff people should know about. All right, and come back. We'll do. Cool. I this, wish we had told more jokes this, on this one. I think I would. I think no. I was there's plenty funny. of jokes. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, well, to be honest sit- with you, when I was walking over here, I was thinking to myself, I would like to talk to you about real things and not. Joke oh, the and whole not. Time. Okay. And not Maybe soon. next time we can joke the whole all time. All right. Deal. But I appreciate your your uh, insights and all this stuff. And I think some people probably learned some stuff. Since we talk about it every episode, it's good to have an actual expert on Yeah. <laughs> Once. Damn it. Uh, thanks, man. This has been Jamie. And Travis. Present. Present. Jamie and Travis.